Hola, mis amigos and listeners of the podcast. We are back after a well-deserved retirement from the show. This time, we are changing things up. A lot has shifted in my life and in the world. Over the last three months, I've been writing the book to help promote the Circle Up program, which is a program designed for men and masculinity to give them a space to be able to create awareness around their mental health, to find men that they can confine in, where confidentiality is of utmost importance, and uh, they can take strides, have accountability, and understand the barriers and the gaps that are preventing them from being the man they've always wanted to be, and to take those steps every single day on that path. Now that the book is almost complete and Circle Up has a ton of momentum, we are on our seventh team. I've brought one of the leaders of Circle Up, who has run one of these programs, to come on the show and talk about his specific expertise, which is relationships, both interpersonal between men as well as with your romantic partner, specifically with marriages. The gentleman that is on the show is a good friend a mentor and role model of mine, and easily the most well-known in our peer group, in our circle of men on being an expert when it comes to the relationship with your romantic partner. So for those of you that are listening and are interested in learning more about how to be successful if you're a single man, and most importantly, how to be successful if you're a married man, tune in to this episode with good friend of mine uh, and good friend of all men in our circle, Steve Richmond. Okay, well, we'll try this again. Take two on the intro. Welcome to the Circle Up podcast where we interview both participants of Circle Up as well as their leadership. Um, Circle Up started as a organization to help promote awareness around men's mental health, as well as to provide men a space where they could feel comfortable and confident to share what's real and vulnerable about their lives. And we have one of the leaders of Circle Up who happens to be a good friend and a mentor with me, and that is Mr. Steve Richmond. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing just peachy fine. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here. This is the second time we're trying to do a podcast, so excited to get this one out, and, out into the world. Uh, before we get started, worth mentioning, you and I have done buddy calls for you know months at a time, every Wednesday at noon when I remember to call you. Um, we've been on a men's team for over a year. I remember when I was going through a really hard time and a challenging time with a relationship, uh, you were there to provide me with, with guidance. And so it's safe to say that no person um, in the last couple of years has fucked me up as much as you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's my job. Uh, You're right. <laughs> um, I, no, I sincerely appreciate uh, the friendship and the mentorship. You are well known in our circle as being an expert in relationships and you started the relationship workout and we're going to get into that and more this episode is for men who are both single and men who are, are in married uh, relationships and so to kick us off i'd love to do a check-in sure and that's common in our circle so we'll just start off with uh name when you did your men's weekend 
who's your sponsor. And then the check-in question is going to be of the tenants of the code of honor, which one's your favorite and why? So Steve Richmond, I did my men's weekend January, 1994. My sponsor is one Caden Brown, who's now living on the coast of Ecuador. Uh, my favorite tenant, I think the most impactful tenant sure. is being an example to children. Because no matter what we do, we are being examples. And the idea is to, of course, be a good example but they are they are little sponges and when we screw up we teach them so just to clarify that was be an example for children yep two children okay. two children yep. we'll point out as i tend to that you did your men's weekend before i was born which yes. speaks to uh, for everyone listening to the show, the, the, the depth of your experience working with masculinity, working in men's circles, working in relationships, and why I feel really privileged and honored to have you a guest on the show and sharing the insight you've learned over the last many, many decades. So, <laughs> Richmond, we'll kick it off with a, a question that I posed to you, which was, what was your favorite quote? Um, this is a little bit of a law ball, I hope. And that is a man without a purpose is just putting in time. Uh -huh. How come that quote stands out to you as something really important? And uh, what do you take away from that? I, well, it, it's very personal. Um, I was 40 years old when I did my men's weekend and I had no real clue what my purpose was. And that was one of the biggest reasons I screwed up a 20 year marriage and having done the weekend and come out of it, it, it became very apparent that I had never really given any thought to what my purpose was and I didn't find it right away, but I was very fortunate to have some longtime mentors like the late Mr. Michael Marnahan did, did the very first men's weekend on the East coast. Uh, just kept prodding me as to what it was that excited me, what I wanted to do. And even when I was, when I get into building playgrounds, it, it was part of my purpose. Uh, serving the, the, the betterment of children and giving them a place. And it was, there was many variations on, on that whole business, including backyard playgrounds. And we looked at doing some charity work to try and get used playgrounds to Cuba, et cetera. But it, it started to really hone me in on what my purpose was. <clears throat> and uh, the more I got in touch with what my purpose was, which I soon realized a lot of it was, had always been in my life was coaching and mentoring. I'd been a hockey coach in my teens and that's where this, this work, I mean, I was a man who got on the bus to go to my men's weekend going, yeah, I'll do your damn weekend, but I'm not joining. And it became very apparent on my weekend that this, this work was what I'd been looking for. So that whole 
finding a purpose, becoming, you know, self-sufficient after a separation and making sure I could see my kids. And, you know, was it easy? No, it was a lot of struggle, but it gave me something to keep focused on. And without that, God knows where I would have been. Thanks for sharing that, Richmond. You are a great example of someone that's taken adversity from the past and used it as a strength. For example, there's a lot of things that I learned on my men's weekend and we learn in our lives that we've never actually experienced firsthand. And so there's a real big difference between knowledge and wisdom. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why I respect the counsel that you provide both for myself and the men that I see in my life in my life around relationships is because you went through a separation yourself. And uh, that, oh, yeah. was, that was very, very challenging, um, both for your mental health as well as for your entire life. And so could you talk to me a little bit about um, what that experience was like for you and how going through that separation impacted you? Oh, um, wow. I'll tell you. That's an hour long question right there. Um, it's, you, you reminded me of, of an Owen Williams start. Uh, Owen Williams is a relationship coach on the West coast. And uh, he did a presentation a couple of years ago in Toronto. And he goes, if you wonder what qualifies me for this, I've screwed up three relationships. So I'm just perfect. I, and much with me. I mean, I was very ego driven in my marriage. Uh, basically, I, you know, I, I was a boy behaving as if I was a man. And, you know, when my kids came along, I started to get my act together. But by then I'd done a lot of damage. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I take responsibility for, for what went wrong. I wasn't uh, I wasn't the man I needed to be. I was quite ego driven. I shared a lot of emotions with her and got in a lot of arguments with her. And, uh, you know, yeah, there was stuff on her part, but you know, when I look back, most of it was my screw up. I didn't, uh, I wasn't the man I needed to be. I, I was a boy pretending to be a man and it just didn't work. And as we say in our circles, I hadn't done what it took to really be qualified to be in a long-term relationship. I hadn't done the work and that was the cost. Yeah, I think- Yeah, there was a lot of hard hard lessons in there. The gentleman that you mentioned earlier, you know, it sounds counterintuitive. Most people would say this guy screwed up a bunch of relationships. So he's the last person that I would want to listen to. But the reality is, is that he's the, the person with the, with the most gems. Oh yeah. My own brother even said that at Thanksgiving last year. He goes, well, you don't know anything about relationships. I go, well, yeah, I do because that's how we learn. Uh, you know, and I went from that into a, into an 18 year relationship with a lovely lady that I would still be with if Susan had not come back into my life 30 odd years later. And that was just a, I think something from the heavens, but it certainly wasn't planned. And uh, that kind of shifted everything. We are going to dive into a little bit about what Circle Up's about and your um, relationship with it before we get into how to be successful in your relationships and in marriage. And the last note that I want to talk about for all the single men listening is how to be qualified for a relationship. So we're going to get into all of those first and foremost circle up. Um, 
you know, this is a, this is a program that uh, started as a passion project for me and it's really exploded into something that our entire region of 150 men has taken on as something that they want to deliver for programs for men that have never done their men's weekend. And so for you, as someone that's led one of these teams already, um, mm -hmm. you've been involved in men's work for decades. I mean, you're uh, doing production and volunteering for the men's weekend. You're part of the men and masculinity summit. You are leading men's weekend courses. You've, you're uh, teaching men in your coaching business. Stop it, I'm getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the reason I bring that all up is because, and then the opportunity to participate in circle up comes up and then you decide to go in. So obviously that's attached to your purpose, which yeah. mad respect, mad respect. The other part of it is, um, you know, I'm wondering why you decided to do that. And I want to, hopefully you can explain it. So the first thing I'm curious about is if you were to explain circle up to somebody that's never heard of it, how would you describe it in your, your own words? Well, circle up kind of was born of necessity, uh, due to this pandemic crap that's going on. Uh, there is no men's weekend for men to send their, their men to. And there was a bunch of men sitting around waiting, you know, patiently. And obviously as time went on, it became more and more evident there wasn't going to be a men's weekend for quite a while. So some dedicated men started to put on, uh, put together this idea of the circle up program. Kudos to you because it was based a lot on what you'd started. And uh, they reached out to the men. There was a couple of introduction calls. And a lot of what we do with men's teams after the men's weekend is really just about supporting men to be their, their best. So, yes, we have some tools from the men's weekend. However, a lot of the work we do is just men giving a shit about other men. So that's where it came from. And then... I was asked if I would get involved and especially because I'm an instructor, it was kind of to gauge what is weekend content, what isn't weekend content. Cause we, we don't want to take away from these men's experience when they do do the men's weekend. I agree with that. And so that's kind of a, you know, a tricky, tricky line to, to walk. And you know, we, we literally got into accountability uh, we have a phrase, everything, everything, everything that transpires in my life reveals something about me as a man, me as a leader and me in relationships. And I know I said that wrong. Um, come on, buddy. Come on. <laughs> I, I everything, 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 dude. everything, everything, everything. Uh, but some of those sessions were just about how that shows up in these men's lives and where they you know, think they're being this way in their business and different in their relationship and bringing that to them and learning to hold each other accountable, like learning to hold themselves accountable first and foremost. And, you know, men get on the call and they start blaming their boss. They start blaming everything else and just reminding them, how are you showing up? So that was, that was kind of the base of the program. And then our, our code of honor, uh, Mentor, discover, inspire, MDI, the men that uh, some of those men have done the weekend, they have their own weekend. That's been their code of honor. Uh, it's public knowledge. It, it, it's not men's weekend content. So there's a whole litany of 
information that we can study without giving giving away any part of those those men taking away from any part of those men experiencing their men's weekend assuming they still want to go assuming they want to go after they spend time with us the hope is to exactly. see us see us in action, see that we're showing up differently in our lives and the men that are typically around them and then want to continue to associate. Um, one other question that I've got for you about Circle Up before we move on to a game, a rapid fire round is what was your biggest takeaway, whether it was something that you learned about masculinity or something that you learned about yourself as a participant in the eight week Circle Up program? <clears throat> My biggest takeaway is I'm 66 years old and I have had men in my life for a quarter century. I had some men in my life before, but not to this quality. And the younger generation of men out there have by and large, no men in their lives and they're struggling. And uh, the mental health issues, the suicide issues, the separation and divorce issues that men are going through. We have all this technology at our fingertips, but the men are just not getting together with men the way our great great grandfathers and grandfathers did to hash out their shit, to be able to go home and be best, be their best for their families. And that is critical. Men have to have men in their lives to deal with their shit. That was one of the biggest lessons I've learned right off my weekend. Yeah, thanks for that. Couldn't agree more. And it's exactly why Circle Up exists in the first place. Um, the How it came to me is obviously we circle up before every meeting. But additionally, the the slogan or the the mantra of manning up has become yeah. prominent in the culture for masculinity. And uh, we talk about uh, toxic masculinity a lot. And I think that there couldn't be a better slogan for toxic masculinity than to man up when you're experiencing stress um, on the battlefield of life in our circle. We call it arrows taking an arrow. Um, when men take yeah. arrows, it, they need a space where they can go be with their men to talk about what's actually happening in their lives and to be able to, to use their men to help overcome that. So, yeah. Well, and it's interesting you use that phrase because my generation that's what we were told. Be a man. Don't cry. Don't do this. Don't do that. So men my age were taught to stuff all their emotions down and not deal with it. And the pendulum, I think, has swung too far now where the younger generation of men are being way too bloody emotional and they're spewing their stuff all over their women. Their women don't want their emotional crap. They need a strong man. I don't care if the woman's making a million dollars a year. She still wants a man that she can feel safe around. And that's not happening these days. So it's getting, it's getting back in balance, but men have men in their lives. I agree wholeheartedly. And so we'd encourage everyone that's listening, everyone that's curious. If you have a friend that's interested in participating in a men's circle, please reach out to us at circle up. We'd love to have you uh, for you to see the type of programming that we do and for you to participate in the community. Richmond, I am going to kick us off into a rapid fire round um, in the, in the hopes of being a three-dimensional man and, and pulling a little cur pulling a little curly right now and bring some jokes in. I have uh, a bunch of questions for you. Okay. And I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. 
and we're going to get every every man that does this show to answer the same questions and (laughs) the man the man that is able to answer the most questions in 60 seconds will um we're going to do once a month we're going to draw a prize so your only goal is to answer as many as you can there you go okay so i'm going to read them off i'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock and we are going to kick off the rapid fire round. I'm going to put it on speaker view and let me know when you're ready to go. Good to go. All right. I will try to ask questions that will allow us both to be bondable and employable in the future. (laughs) I will not guarantee those answers are the same way. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Actually, I'll start it when, um, when I ask the first question. All right, ready? Weed, alcohol, caffeine, or nicotine? Caffeine. Favorite day of the week? All. Have you ever been punched in the face? Many times. Have you ever punched someone in the face? Many times. Would you let me punch you in the face for $100? Never. Who's someone that inspires you? Who um, inspires me? Wow. Try to be as fast as possible here, Richmond. Jack Jack Cantor. Yeah, sure. Favorite video game growing up? There wasn't any. Favorite city you've traveled in or lived in? Uh, This one. I've traveled to a lot of places. This one. First, first female celebrity crush. Ooh, uh, Suzanne Plachette. Okay, good stuff, man. That's sixty seconds. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and you have a bonus round opportunity. Oh Jesus! <laughs> to, to double your points, Richmond, to sixteen, if you choose to here is the bonus opportunity we will double your points if you sing i'm a little teapot or twinkle twinkle little stars on this show or equivalent song do you accept the challenge to double your points richmond twinkle twinkle little star how i wonder what you are up above the sky so bright like a diamond in the night that's all the words I remember. So there, there you go, Andrews. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I might have to completely eliminate that section so as to prevent our listeners from nightmares. <laughs> Anybody can do I'm a little teapot. Hell. I was, I was going to say, I don't think those are the lyrics, Richmond, but I'll double it. You know what? 16 points for you. There you we're go. Put, we're putting you yeah, on the Yeah, that list. was the first verse, but I haven't heard that since my brother was, and my brother's 58, since my brother was a kid. I don't think I've heard those words. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you took us up on our challenge. I'm going to make a note here of 16 points. And, uh, there you we'll, go. We'll move on. Keep that, Pereira. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's up at some point, so we'll see what happens. I'll let him know you've, you've personally challenged him. <laughs> We'll, we'll move on to uh, the relationship workout because like I had mentioned 
for those listening to this episode, really the biggest takeaway they can have from you is how to be successful in the relationships. Um, you started a relationship coaching business. And like I said, in my network, amongst the men and women that know us mutually, they would probably say, if you have a question about relationships, if you need advice about relationships, if you want someone to listen to you about what's going on in your relationship, Richmond's your man. So as a result, you started the relationship workout. Can you tell us what that is and, and uh, why that's important? Um, well, there again, you go back to my past. I mean, uh, you know, I, I pretty much learned the hard way how to uh, screw up a relationship. Um, so over the years, uh, you know, as a married man with children, there's still certain things you have to do whether you're living with the woman or not. And so that gave me a lot of practice. And I was also in another good relationship. Um, so it just, it kind of became watching that, you know, men struggled with this stuff and I, I never really understood why they did. And the relationship workout came really from it's people's stuff that gets in the way of their quote unquote relationship with others. So the relationship workout is really focusing on the relationship with yourself. What's keeping you from being successful? Why are you, you know, engaging your ego with your woman all the time? What's the benefit? Cause there really isn't one. Uh, <clears throat> are you sharing your emotions with your woman? You know, all those kind of things, but it digs into, you could be single and what's keeping you from so, yeah, uh, you know, men, men get their egos all over it. This is the woman they love. Uh, you know, and I'm kind of going back and forth between the work you do on yourself and the relationship. Uh, but even as a single man, like what's, are you clear on who you are as a man that you know what kind of woman you're looking for? Have you been in short-term relationships to know what that is? Uh, do you know, you know, the essence of who you are as a man and what, and what you want in your life? And if you don't, then, you know, you need a, a set of eyes and ears paying attention to that. Uh, you know, I've, I'm, I've got one client right now that he would start dating. And after the first date or two, he would go to the woman and go, well, what do you want to do? Well, what do you want to do? That's not what women want. You know, I was, I was listening to the, yeah, I was listening, I, I read it years ago and I, I'm just listening to it again now is the way of the rational male or the superior male. And, uh, you know, <laughs> men are so proud. They go, well, it's your birthday. You can do anything you want. That's not what a woman wants. <laughs> they want to know they're going to a hotel or something, surprise them. But, and the same with women. I mean, there's a lot of women out there uh, that are, you know, they've got this idea of their perfect relationship and they're dating men trying to squeeze this man into this cubicle of a relationship as opposed to finding the right man and building the relationship around it. Mm. So there's all, all those issues, be it, you know, uh, there could be shit that happened in your teens that, or when you're seven years old, that is preventing you from making good income. So it's, it's a, and a lot of what I do is intuitive and it, it's, it's a, it was a little freaky the first few times it happened because it, the stuff would come through me 
and I had no idea where it came from. And I've just learned to accept that over the years. So that was actually part of what was screwing up my marriage in the beginning was I was getting this stuff and I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. Well, I'll let you sort that out with your, uh, with your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we yeah, won't sort that well, that's, podcast, and that's, that's, okay. that's the intuitive part that uh, I really, in my later, later in my forties and fifties started to tap into. So. Fantastic, man. Hey, well, I'm going to ask you a couple questions specifically for the men listening to the show who are interested in being more successful with their committed relationships. And then we're going to dive mm-hmm. into how to be successful if you are single. But first, entertain me the answer to this question, which is totally selfish of me, which is after all of the, the trouble and challenge that I've seen men discuss about long-term committed relationships i'm I'm developing a little bit of a cynic inside me what's the point man of uh of getting into a committed relationship maybe it's the naivete of my my mid-20s but can you can you describe you know what's the value in being in a committed relationship in the first place number one is children you wouldn't be here if somebody hadn't decided to enter into that uh thank you mom and dad and exactly and that is that is the main reason uh the relationship itself you know it, it's there's there's going to be friction i mean that's the male female dance the trick is you know, getting to a place where and you know i'm very fortunate i have an amazing woman in my life now and Who's she makes me she makes me feel better than i know i am every day she just shows up smiles she's gorgeous and but i have to do certain things in this relationship to to have her feel taken care of and if you're not looking to have children that is the only other thing uh to be in a long-term committed relationship is and as you get to be my age it's like companionship you know there's it's a lot more about being with someone you care about and enjoying life together as you get older and you've gone through raising children and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. And, and what we do in the work we do is we inspect man around. Are you being your best? So I could see why at your age, a little cynical because we tend to rip each other new assholes around. Why aren't you doing these things? You know, and, you know, I, I'm not going to get into all the tools and toys, but, you know, if you read a book like the, <clears throat> the Four Agreements, The Way of the Superior Man, they both lay it all out. You know, be impeccable with your word, all those different things. If a man can go and listen to a woman, not like she's a man, but empathetically and hear her so she feels heard, if he can control his emotions and he learns to control his ego, he's going to be a better man and he's going to avoid probably 50% of the issues in a relationship. Okay. And so being I'm, a better I'm, listener is good at work too, by the way. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you that really briefly about listening, but just to recap, it sounds to me like the three major benefits were um, companionship, having children, if that's something that you want. And then you mentioned something very briefly about, she makes you feel better than you know you are. So you, yeah. you have a, 
um, almost an advantage there by feeling better. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things I need to do to have her feel good in the relationship. And there's certain things she needs to do to have me feel good in the relationship. And when you're both doing them, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I have yeah. heard excellent things about you and Susan. So I'm really happy that both of you are happy. Um, you mentioned listening. I kind of don't want COVID to end. We're having a great time. <laughs> what, a, what a total opposite frame of reference than virtually all men. Um, when COVID started and men and women were spending dramatically more time than they ever had been together, I think everyone was um, you know, yeah. scratching and crying at their eyes. Can you, can you talk to me about why that was? Uh, number one, men aren't used to spending that much time around women. Um, so their whole routine was disrupted. Uh, especially the homeschooling part and just, you know, compatibility in a relationship plays such a huge role. And if you're, for example, 70% compatible, 30% not compatible, and suddenly you're spending a hundred percent of your time together, ouch, that's going to irritate the shit out of both of you. <laughs> and if you've got young kids, you know, you're just throwing gasoline on that fire. So, you know, you love your kids, but that's just constant like this every day, all day, and there's nowhere to go. You couldn't take them anywhere. I got a lot of phone calls in March and April. I believe you. Can you tell us about how to be a better listener with our partners? Well, as, as men, we need to listen to emotions. What we tend to do as men is we listen to facts and figures. And that's not what women are talking. They need a place. They are highly emotional creatures, and you want a very emotional woman in your life. And if you want to do the program, I'll get into all that detail. Um, so women need to vent their emotions. It's kind of like a pressure cooker. You know, and that's why men need men in their life. This is where we go and blow our steam off is being around the men. You do it around your women, you could scare the crap out of them or upset them. Women just need to get their emotions out so the, the pressure cooker blows. And she could call you the biggest scumbag on the face of the planet, but it's not about you. It's her just getting her, her stuff out. The trick is that men take it personal. And then they get their egos engaged and, and that is detrimental. But if you just listen with, an, with empathy in your heart, don't try and fix your problems. We're great at that. Well, what if you did this? What if you did that? That's negating her ability to fix her own problems. A lot of times she just needs to get stuff off her chest and just have somebody to listen to. And she's good. But we, especially if she's talking about stuff that is negative, as men, we tend to jump in and go, but that's not what happened. Well, this is that. This is that. That's a man-to-man -man conversation. And that gets you nowhere in a relationship with a woman. So that's the listening part. So what I'm hearing is instead of listening for facts, figures, specific things that she says, we're trying to mm -hmm. tune into um, – what the emotions are communicating mm -hmm. and not trying to solve her problems. Right. Just listen. 
just listen as if you were on a Zoom call and you couldn't get yours off mute. Just let her talk, but let, you know, be present to what's going on. I hear men all the time, well, you know, I listen to my wife the other day, blah, 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 blah. That's not what you want. That doesn't, that actually will irritate the crap out of them. Yeah, they, they can tell if you're not paying attention. Oh, yeah. They can tell if you're not. Yeah. There's a difference that's, between hearing, that's hearing. That's the mother of my children. She knows well. Yeah, there's a difference between hearing and listening. If you're on mute on Zoom and then you use that as a reason to check your email or check your phone as the meeting's progressing and then yeah. somehow somebody asks you a question and then all of a sudden you have to engage but you have no idea what they were talking about, um, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're now in a rock and a hard place. And so pretending you're on mute but being fully engaged, fully present, paying attention to the emotions. And one thing you really <laughs> stood, out, stood out to me, advice you, you had given a man was – how her, what, what she says to you and how she shows up has a lot to do with um, the behaviors and what you're contributing to the relationship. And so mm-hmm. you can v- pay close attention almost like a mirror with how she shows up as a reflection of how well you're doing and taking care of her. Yeah. My, yeah, we, I actually have it posted above the bedroom door as a little reminder. It's uh, my attitude is a result of your actions. If you don't like my attitude, change your actions. My attitude being the your partner. So as, yeah. as your partner, Richmond, my attitude is a reflection of your behavior. Yep. All right. That is conclusive. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to the show, my attitude is a reflection of your behavior. So if you want my attitude to change, then change your goddamn behavior. Okay, cool, man. Hey, we are rounding off uh, the end of the show here. And I've got two more questions for you. The first one is, what was the biggest mistake that married men are making right now, whether it's something they're doing or something they're not doing? And, and what should they do about that? The biggest mistake? Oh, wow. He's a litany. Um, (laughs) the biggest mistake I think men make in general is we pursue women, we pursue women, we pursue women, we marry women, we stop pursuing. The pursuit goes, the pursuit should actually be more after you're married till the day you die. But what we do is go, oh, we're done. We're married. That's it. And then 10 years later, 12 years later, whatever it is, we're like, what? What's wrong? So, yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing. I heard a hilarious quote one time that reminds me of this, and it was, um, be the man that your woman would cheat on you with. Oh yeah, men all the time are like, I don't get it. You know, I bought her a house. I got this. I got that. You're you're not showing up for her, and you wonder why she went out and had an affair. She needs to feel taken care of, and you're not doing it. You got it. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's excellent advice. And um, for the single men out there who are thinking about finding a partner, who are working on finding a partner, what would you say for men like me? is the biggest mistake they tend to make in that uh, pursuit of finding a compatible partner. 
make certain you are self-sufficient in all areas. If you are looking for a woman to complete you, you are not self-sufficient. Be in that relationship because you love her and you want to be there, not you need to be there. Yep. And That's emotionally, so emotionally, financially, physically, all those things, you know, you got to be standing on your own two feet. And that's the only way it's going to work. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. It seems to me like uh, my peers and my friends are trying to rush as fast as possible into finding a partner. And um, the more that I spend time in the circle, the more that I learn about myself, the more that I realize that I'm less qualified than I thought I was, less self-sufficient than I thought yeah. I was, and I need to work uh, more on preparing myself to be whole and complete myself before worrying about finding a partner that I want to commit the rest of my life with. Into. Right. So until you know who you are as a man or what we talk about as terms, you can't attract the woman until you know those, until you know who you are, you can't, you won't attract the right woman. And men do this all the time. They, they don't know who they are as a man. And then they wonder why they attracted the wrong woman. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Jim Rohn has a quote that I really love. And it's that success is not something you pursue. Success is something you attract by the person you become. And that reminds yep. me of the exact same thing in relationships. It's I'm going to attract someone who is very similar to who I'm being as a man. And so the more that I work on myself to understand who I am, what I want, where I want to go, the, the easier it will be to find and attract the woman that is compatible with uh, the way that I'm being as a man. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. So fully self-sufficient work on that first and one of the places you can do that is in circle up exactly I encourage you to participate one of the ways you can do that is in the relationship workouts if you have questions about that um, whether you're looking for a committed partner and you want some coaching around that from richmond or whether you are in a committed relationship uh, with a romantic partner in a marriage trying to make that work Richmond's the man. He always has been the man. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here. I do want to say, um, uh, you know, for the records, I want to put it on the books. When you talked about purpose at the beginning, I couldn't, I couldn't picture a better role model for that quote because of all of the men that I know, if, if it doesn't have to do with, um, empowering men and supporting them in, in being more successful in the relationship. You always say no to my requests and to other men's requests. And when it does, you are always fully committed. And so I want to uh, commend you for always uh, living your purpose, being on purpose for comm committing to the men and uh, committing to this community. So thank you very much for being on the show. Is there anything else that you want to put out into the world's well, we got you, and well, the mics are on. The relationshipworkout.com is the website. Look me up. That's all I can say. Okay, phenomenal. If you're not sure, you're struggling, uh, if you've done Circle Up, you've got questions, I'm here. I, uh, we know a lot of the mutual 
uh, friends, family, peers who are in your programs um, and they always have phenomenal things to say. And so I would highly recommend it. And all the one-on-one time that we spent together has been so valuable for me uh, in my growth. I would not be the man that I am today if it was not for you. So thank you for being an example for children because it's helping me, dude. (laughs) Um, Oh, and one other thing I will add is if you're a graduate and you have a man you're trying to get to the men's weekend, uh, get a hold of me because we have three guest sessions. We're limited to 15 guests in the men's weekend courses. And get a hold of me. This is how Mr. Andrews actually got to his men's weekend. Very so. true. To clarify yeah. that the men's weekend courses is uh, eight weeks. It's uh, 16 weeks, eight sessions. And for three of those nights, the men's, the men yeah. who have done their weekend can bring guests and that's what you're inviting men to. Yep. I can clear the dates with them and all that. I don't want to get into that. But. Phenomenal. And uh, I do work with couples. I do not do couple therapy. I work with couples one-on-one in a few sessions together. So cool. That's all for me. Crystal clear, man. Thank you for uh, all the work you do for your time. And I look forward to finding out how Prera does in uh, comparison to your uh, twinkle, twinkle little star episode that we got going on here. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you. Cool. Thank you, my man. Okay. Ciao. Talk